Hi everybody, this is Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 31. Nice. Yeah. Oh my god, what are, uh, what are we talking about tonight, Jim? We're talking about all of Blackest Night Batman, finally, as well as the Green Lantern Corps 41, but before that... <laughs> yeah, we're also going to be talking to Chad Bokelman about the Green Lantern documentary that he's trying to get made. Yeah. But before that, news, Dan. I'll start us off. As you listen to this podcast, it should be coming out on a Monday, which means in just two days, the big, giant November ring promotion starts. So that when you buy particular Green Lantern tie-in books to the Blackest Night event, each issue is going to come with a different color core ring, depending on which book you buy. And also depending on whether or not your comic book store is taking part in the promotion. So that's just a heads up, something to look for, and you know, be aware that there are rings out there. Yeah, and if you go through DCBS, they they just like they put the ring in your box with like the issue as long as you order the issue. Uh, I would be curious to learn how many stores aren't participating just because they they know or think they wouldn't be able to sell all the books that they would have to to order the rings. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned DCBS because like I have been off the DCBS wagon for quite a while due to funds. But for this month, I, I ordered everything through DCBS. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you would. <laughs> this is this is where, oh god, <laughs> those those are going to be quite the quite the episodes we have, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, but uh, you know, other news now. The um, I I I still have mixed feelings about this. But there is no Blackest Night issue in January. They're they're pulling the skip month thing that they did with Final Crisis again. Uh, this time, though, they're giving us eight one-shots. And I use the term one-shot lightly because this is, it's something where if you think about it for a few seconds, it's kind of a cool idea. Instead of just resurrecting dead characters, they're resurrecting dead series. Like... Like, the power of Shazam ended on issue 47, so this there's a power of Shazam issue 48 coming out. And that's going to be dealing with, I think, uh, Billy and Mary being hunted by, you know, Black Lantern Osiris. And, like, the other books, just list them, are The Question 37, Suicide Squad 67, Phantom Stranger 42, Catwoman 83, The Adam and Hawkman 46... Weird Western Tales 71 and Starman 81. And I, my, my first reaction to this was, why the hell are they not giving us Blackest Night? Well, uh, no, it's financially, I know why they're not giving us Blackest Night, because they th- saw an opportunity to, like, get us to buy more tie-ins, but <laughs> at, at the same time, like, some of the creators on this thing, like, the question issue is by Greg Rucka, and it's going to involve both Renee Montoya and Black Lantern Vic Sage. So it's like, all right, that's probably going to be a good issue. And, you know, the Phantom Stranger, you know, from from the last text piece that we read, it raised so many questions about what what is the Phantom Stranger's deal, what the hell's up with him, are they going to explain him, and now they're giving him an issue, and it's by Peter Tomasi. 
And the one that I thought I would have zero interest in, the Adam and Hawkman, it's a Jeff Johns issue. And, you know, Black as Night number three kind of set up that dynamic. Is Like, there's so much that could come out of that. And I'm just really curious to see what happens when you put James Robinson on one more issue of Starman. <laughs> so some of these are actually really, they're, like, interesting. Like, I would have gotten these anyway. So it's 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 cool. And I think we already know that it's not going to hold up the Green Lantern book. Like, there will still be an issue that month, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's it sucks that there's no Blackest Night issue coming out, but I don't think we'll feel the pinch, really. Well, actually, that brings up a good point, because with the, you know, with the whole thing with Skip Month, originally what I was thinking was, how cool would it be, and it looks like it's going to happen, issue 50 of Green Lantern is going to coincide with, like, the end of Blackest Night. Well, if they're going to continue with Green Lantern, but they're going to skip a month with Blackest Night, they're not going to line up anymore. And I think uh, in the solicits, like, it basically shows that, like, issue 50 is either solicited or it's going to be coming out, and it's not going to coincide with the end of Blackest Night. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. I think it speaks to a larger question of, like, should a milestone issue be treated like a big deal, or should it just be, you know, the next chapter of the story, or the next issue you're going to do? Because, I mean, growing up, like, any comic I read that had a 12, or a 25, or a 75, or a 50, or whatever on it, that was always, like, it was really hyped up, it was, they went out of their way to try and make it into a huge deal, and and sometimes they did it great, sometimes they didn't. And I remember reading, you know, when Green Lantern Corps started up again, we got to their issue 12, and it was just the next issue in the story arc. They didn't do any of that stuff. They just made it the next issue. And I thought that was weird, but then I kind of kind of liked it, too. Because, I don't know, if you try and make something, like, a big deal just because of the number, then you got, like, a 50-50 shot at best. But if you just go in and try to do the good job you're going to do anyway, then, well, better odds. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I agree with what you're saying to an extent, but, like, the way that issue 25 of Green Lantern worked out, how, like, you have this amazing conclusion to the Sinestro Corps War, and it just happened to be in, you know, issue 25, that was, like, amazing. Like, that was, like, you know, you got this big milestone issue, and you got, like, this gigantic payoff also. So it was kind of, like, you know, the best possible option. So, I mean, like, I was kind of hoping that that could happen for issue 52, 50 as well. Not 52, 50 as well. 52! Which actually, this may end on issue 52, which I guess would be kind of funny, but... Awesome. <laughs> anyway, that's, so that's that's all you had to say about that? Yeah, basically. I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. With, with eight additional one-shots for pe- that people are, are going to want to pick up, in addition to Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, and whatever else happens to be coming out that month, DCBService.com. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely something to check out. I'm kind of dreading this weird Western tales. I'm not a Western guy. I'll, I'll check it out for a one-shot. The Cowboys, eh. Well, it's, 
it's the uh, like Jonah Hex, I'm guessing. Oh, most likely. And I don't know, Batlash and a couple of them. I think so. Is Two Gun Kid Marvel? Yeah, he is. I, I think I think like for one issue, it could definitely be very good. Okay, so the last bit of news: the Green Lantern game on Facebook, the Lantern Core War. You can get to it by links on our Facebook. You can get to it by links on our message board. We'll probably have a link on our website at some point. This game is just, like, it's really, really cool. I'm loving it. A lot of people are joining up, and, you know, the battles are getting better and better. I know Mark and the game creator, Jesus, I think it's Jesus, unless he pronounces it Jesus, they have been, you know, they've been working on this game. I know Mark has added a ton of missions, a ton of allies, just to make it, like, that much more of a rich experience. Once you get to a certain point, you can add missions yourself. So I actually added one mission for the Lantern cast, which is a funny little one, hmm. and another one based on a story out of Green Lantern Corps Quarterly that we reviewed last week. And just a heads up to anybody that is playing the game, if you take on the mission that I had created, it's uh, Defend the Gates of Hell. Oh, thank God. I was afraid you were basing it off of, like, the area... Thing. Oh, God, no, 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 no. No, I, I based it off of Burin's Tale. Yeah, if you win that mission, then it's not it's not something that's always going to happen, but you have the rare opportunity to win a weapon which is going to be Burin's Axe. Hmm. And, like, you know, I, this is just a little heads up because you're going to need that axe later on for a future mission, and you can only get it by winning it there. So cool. So definitely be on the lookout and uh, try and get that axe. Nice. That's all I got for news. What do you say we uh, take a break and come back with Chad Bokelman? Let's. You listen to the Lantern Cast for Green Lantern news, updates, and discussions. What if you want to know more? What if you want to know how the Green Lanterns got their start in the first place? A documentary would be a great place to start. Superman had one. Wonder Woman had one. Even Green Arrow had one when he made his first appearance on the TV show Smallville, but not Green Lantern. People for the production of a Green Lantern documentary is just that. We are a group of fans hoping to persuade DC to put out a documentary on the biggest group of heroes in the DC Universe. A group in existence long before even Baby Kal-El was launched from Krypton. The Green Lantern Corps. From its start with Alan Scott to the current running Blackest Night, we asked DC to put out a documentary ASAP. Search People for the Production of a Green Lantern Documentary on Facebook or type in the URL tinyurl.com forward slash green L. Join our effort on Facebook and become a part of the cause. Or don't you have enough willpower? Okay, now joining us for this next segment, we have Chad Bokelman, the man single-handedly responsible for spearheading the project to get a documentary going for Green Lantern. How's it going, Chad? Good, how are you guys? Doing good. Yep, pretty good. So, Chad, why don't you tell us, like, why you decided to do this? Pretty much, uh, I heard that the uh, First Flight DVD was coming out, and uh, just from all the other superhero movies and animated movies and stuff I have, special disc and whatnot... 
I figured there was going to be uh, a documentary in the special features, and being a big Green Lantern fan, I figured I mean, this is awesome. I, I'm trying to kind of sick of having to tell people the whole backstory because it's quite a long backstory, and you know, I'd like to be able to show my girlfriend and my friends, you know, a documentary or something that can probably more interestingly explain it than I could. Um, but uh, when it came out, it wasn't a documentary, uh, and I was kind of disappointed, uh, especially considering like DVD seasons like Smallville had character documentaries for their characters and stuff, but nothing for Green Lantern. So uh, I started a group on Facebook, uh, just kind of upset about it, and uh, I called DC and talked to Dan Dio, or however you say his last name, and uh, he... You know, he was kind of, uh, he was nice about it, but he just t- kind of told me to t- contact Warner. And I haven't heard anything back from Warner. So I uh, went ahead and took it upon myself to try and find the individual people responsible for writing and penciling and all that uh, in the Green Lantern history, basically. And you've got a quite, like, quite a good list of some pretty impressive names already. Yeah, yeah I've got uh, Denny O'Neill, uh, Neil Adams. Ron Mars and uh, Jed Winnick, and uh, still waiting on a couple of other people. But uh, they've all pretty much said uh, I've actually actually got to talk to Denny O'Neill on the phone for about 20, 30 minutes um, a few weeks ago, and he he was uh, excited about the idea. Actually, gave him some more numbers to call. We talked about the Star Trek movie and the the new uh, live action movie and what I thought about Ryan Reynolds and whatnot and. He just told me that if the project ever gets off the ground, whether it's myself or DC and Warner that does it, that uh, he's more than willing to help out, and so did everyone else. Hey, this is this is slightly off topic, but what does Denny O'Neill think of Ryan Reynolds playing Green Lantern? <laughs> he actually he's uh, pretty excited about it. He's I mean as excited as Denny O'Neill can sound. Uh, he was uh, just he said he was uh, physically the right part, and uh, he thinks uh, that he would make a good Hal Jordan. Um, I've heard some talk online myself that they didn't think he would be a good uh, Hal Jordan, but uh, I think he's I think he's got it, and uh, so does O'Neill apparently. So I guess so far you've got a, one legend down saying it's gonna be a good movie. Definitely, cool. yeah, that works. Now, you you said you talked to Dan DiDio, and he couldn't help you out too much, probably because it is more along the uh, the entertainment aspects as opposed to uh the comic right um and you haven't gotten much uh much back in the way of warner brothers at all right actually nothing at all i just kind of got one of those uh automatic responses saying your email has been sent to whatever group and heard nothing back right so this an option has been kind of like bandied about as far as like what if uh, what if you take on the project of making the documentary? Right. Uh, that a couple of people suggested that to me. Uh, Dan said that as well, and uh, we were talking on Facebook. And actually, um, at the time, I didn't think it was too great of an idea, just because I don't have that background in particular. But uh, the more I think about it, the more it becomes a cool idea. You know, you uh, have a lot of people involved in that. Uh, I talked to Jason, y'all's program director. And he told me that, uh, you know, look around like uh, around the local film schools and stuff and see if they would be interested. And, you know, that's that's an idea I hadn't really seriously considered before because, you know, just like everybody else, I have a job and I got bills to pay. So uh, 
but it's actually growing on me. I think it'd be really cool uh, to, I, I want to be a, uh, a full-fledged journalist. You know, my involvement with the project, besides getting it started on the ground, would be hopefully to interview the people themselves and uh, contribute in that way and hand a creative part of it over to the people who are more creative than me. And uh, I think that might be a pretty good idea, at least, you know, in one way I'd get to somehow contribute to the idea. Yeah, and one one question that comes up is, you know, if and when this live-action movie does go through and when that does come to DVD, will they be doing one of these themselves for that? But, at, you know, at the same time, something like this can take so long to put together that, you know, you could still be working on yours, and if it if one doesn't materialize, you can still, like, be going ahead with your own project in your own time frame. Right. I, I Actually, my line of thought on that, I thought... You know, uh, obviously, I heard that it might come out for the Green Lantern movie when it comes out in 2011 and then the DVD. But uh, I figured, I mean, they did one for, like, even the Wonder Woman animation movie. There are actually two documentaries on that special edition DVD. And I figured if they didn't do it for first flight, maybe either they were waiting for the big release or they just didn't want to do it because there was so much other stuff to do, like, uh, I guess, Black Snyder didn't. I don't know what they had in mind, but I just didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything back. No one told me in my emails to DC that or Warner that they had planned on doing it. So I just figured well, I'll run with it, and if it happens on their on their end without my involvement, at least it happens. You know, the goal is accomplished either way. Now, as far as the documentary itself goes, like in your mind, like how long would the perfect documentary be? Uh, I think it might be something like the, uh, that, uh, Superman documentary, uh, pretty long. I mean, I know the Superman documentary is actually long because of the history of Superman to begin with and all the different medias he's been involved in. But considering you have the core to work with and therefore the guardians and pretty much the beginning of the universe. <laughs> uh, it's got to be pretty long to hold all the history, uh, but not too long so you can keep people's interest and stuff. Well, I mean, like, you know, if that's if that's what your your you know your ideal you know goal would be, like, I, you know, I would view Warner Brothers if they're going to make one, then I, I would picture it being something along the lines of like, you know maybe 10 minutes, maybe a half hour, something like that, and just kind of, like, summing up the major points of Green Lantern. I mean, like, mm-hmm. what what you propose, you know, could really be, like, a feature-length documentary that, you know, people will go and seek out and see all these interviews and conversations with the creators and just, like, you know, all of the rich history of Green Lantern. I, I really think that you should do it by yourself now. I would love to if I had the time and the resources, but right now it's just kind of the the idea and just trying to get it off the ground. I mean, I started the group on Facebook, and I don't uh, keep in touch too often with the people in the group, but uh, it's, I haven't heard anything back from the people who have joined the group, so I don't know if any of them have sent letters or just kind of had said, hey, this is a cool idea, let me join the group. But, uh, you know, if there's anybody out there willing to help and call them and do their own calls and whatever, that'd be cool too. I mean, I'm always looking for help, especially, I mean, you guys doing the interview in the first place is, is yet another step, so. Yeah, and, and 
And uh, you threw it, this out to the forum, looking for people to help contribute. But you know, frankly, Jim and I both know there's a lot more people that listen to us than participate on our forum. So, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you have any, you know, background or skill with this kind of medium, or if you have like a friend of a friend's uncle who is somebody connected to a creator, you know, find chat on Facebook or give give them an email or or find them on the form or something and you know see if you guys can work out something i don't mind my email address out on the air but it's all right uh it's uh cage gnarly at uh, yahoo.com c-a-g-e-n-a-r-l-e-i-g-h at yahoo.com more willing to hear from anybody willing to help and uh, yeah if if anybody has any i guess uh you know filming experience or, you know, knows how to take video or has a camera or something that uh, wants to help out in that area, too, I'm sure, would be awesome as well, right? Anything, really. I'm, I'm jack of all trades, master of none, and one of my <laughs> trades actually isn't really filming or anything like that. It's it's definitely a, a, a great idea. It's, it's a great project. You know, the, the, the scope of it is, you know, just something that we can all appreciate. And, you know, like, hopefully you you have, like, you know, a lot of success with this because this is something that a lot of people can get a lot out of. I hope so. <laughs> now, Chad, we have you on. I'm afraid we have to subject you to Lantern Cast trivia. Uh, Dude, you're, sub- you're, sub- you're subjecting me to Lantern Cast trivia. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, I'll do what I can. Okay. Uh, well, th- this is this is to determine, you know, how how good of a you know a lantern fan you are. It- it's going to determine your uh, what what is it your what what do we? You keep saying lanternologist. So. Oh I'm yeah. Say lantern IQ. Lantern IQ. How about that? Well, what, what do we call the trivia contest? Didn't we have like a million names for it? No, you just kept rambling and saying the same three words over and over again. Let's let's go with his idea and call it the Lantern IQ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for this episode, anyway, it's definitely going to be called the Lantern IQ. I feel like every episode where we do this, there should be a disclaimer at the front. <laughs> hey, if I get something wrong, at least I'm taking notes so I can know something else to reference in the documentary. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. Okay, question one. In Hal Jordan's first appearance, what was the name of the red plane that he saves? Uh, the, the Flaming Spear. That's it. You got it. Awesome. Question number two. Name three women that Kyle Rayner has dated. Donna Troy. Um, oh, come on, come on, come on. What's your name? Jade and uh, what was the other one? I can't remember that third one. Oh, uh, is it uh, Lantern Natu? Exactly, that's it. Nice. We also would have accepted Alex or okay, Refrigerator sir. Girl. <laughs> okay, well that that was morbid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so so far you're batting a thousand. Question number three. In the Tales of the Green Lantern Corps miniseries, 
what has to happen for there to be a breach in the universe to limbo? Uh, the mortal has to die? Exactly. That's it. Okay. Sweet. Just pop off one of those guardians, and oh, that opens up the rep. Okay. Now, fourth and final question to determine your lantern IQ. Carol Ferris's father's name was originally Willard. What did they eventually change his name to? Carl. It's Carl. Carl Ferris. That's that's it. That damn. Yeah. Perfect score. Another perfect score. What are the odds? Oh, everybody we have on is brilliant when it comes to their lantern knowledge. Or just in general. I'll take that, too. There you go. Uh, that works. <laughs> uh, so, anything else going on, Chad, with uh, with Green Lantern and, and you? Uh, just, uh, uh, I, I heard a couple of episodes where Dan said something uh, negative about back issue hunting. But uh, mm. I have to say, I have to say, I enjoy it thoroughly. It's quite the entertaining little treasure hunt. I spend hours in a comic book shop sometimes trying to find some things. Um, it's a lot of fun. I actually just got uh, the uh, Emerald Knights uh, trade paperback in the mail today because I was trying to find those issues in my local comic shop and I couldn't find them anywhere. So I just ordered the trade paperback online and I'm trying to find my way through that one, uh, see what that storyline's all about. Which one was Emerald Knights? Uh, it's the one where uh, Kyle gets blasted back too far into the past and meets up with uh, if, with, new, with uh, a fairly new Hal Jordan uh, and the, the rest of the core. Oh. And then when he get, when he gets sent back to his timeline, Hal comes with him. Yeah, issue hundred, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's issues one hundred through one hundred six, and I couldn't find those anywhere. My local store just kind of jumped from ninety something to one hundred seven or something. Huh. Actually. A lot of comic shops are like that. I, I know, like, there was one issue that I was missing for, for years because, like, that was, like, right around the time where I was, like, living at college and, like, I, I missed one issue in that that whole storyline. And for years, I was never able to find it. For some reason, those issues are just, you know, elusive. Now, I'm just uh, trying to find pretty much any, any back issue stories that interest me. Lately, I've trying to been trying to collect the... Uh all the parallax stories, oh, yeah. uh, just just any time when he was uh, trying to fight off the JLA or something, and uh, I'm trying to find everything from pretty much when he became parallax to when he uh, died in the final night. So just to try to see what Hal's feeling so guilty for now, besides destroying the core in the first place. I should probably clarify: back issue diving isn't my thing, just because like. I mean, yeah, I like the art and everything, but to me, like, these are, I like these for being stories, and I just don't like the whole, like, like, assembling a story bit by bit in a random order over X amount of time, because, like, I might not care about it by the time I get enough to read it. So it's like, you know, I'll, I'll wait for a trade or something, you know? Unless I see, like, the whole arc is, like, in one spot, then I'll go for it. Okay, I rescind my previous statement then. Oh, no, no, no. You can call me whatever. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I edit it. <laughs> That's true, folks. I was I was kind of disappointed, though, in the, the uh, Blackest Night miniseries, the uh, Superman and the Batman one. I mean, I knew it was kind of going to be a let's live to fight another day kind of thing, but uh, 
I didn't know it was going to be so obvious. Pretty, they pretty much just came out and said those exact words in the last panel. Just, well, here we go, and we'll just tell everyone else how to try and join us and fight them. And it was just, I don't know, it wasn't much for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be we'll be discussing those. What is it? Late later this episode, Dan. I oh yeah 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 Batman. I know we'll we'll be talking about Batman definitely. God. <laughs> <laughs> now there's also Superman. Yeah. You know that one started. That one at least started out good. That had a really kick-ass first issue. I agree with that. Well, 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 we'll debate that in the next segment. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have to agree with Dan. I'm gonna have to throw my vote in with him. Yes, we win. <laughs> you may have won this round. I like both of them, but I like the first issue Superman better, I have to tell you. That's why I started collecting both miniseries. But, like I said, I wasn't too thrilled with the ending of either of them. So, Yeah. Honestly, I'm looking forward to the Flash one. Because, I mean, one, it's being written by Johns, and two, it's Scott Collins doing art, and he freaking loves these characters. So I feel like if there's going to be a standout in quality for these tie-ins, that's going to be it. Yeah. It's kind of killing me to wait around, though, because it's kind of jumping around for me. I see Flash in certain issues, and I don't know where it is in the con- you know the continuity of the Rebirth story, and they're taking forever to come out with the Rebirth, rebirth issues. So Yeah. I think they just announced, too, that, like, when is it? The fifth issue of Flash Rebirth is in... It's like at the end of this month, the end of November, and the final issue of it is in December. But they're not pushing back the Blackest Night tie-in, so it's like, it's 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 weird. Yeah. I think they have come out and said, though, that Blackest Night happens after Rebirth, so we can go with the whole, that. The whole storyline? I think so. Okay. Well, hopefully then, um, hopefully when the first issue of Flash Blackest Night comes out... It's not going to spoil the last issue of uh, Flash Rebirth. Oh, yeah, that would suck. We'll see. Okay. So, now, we, we gotta we got to get on to our next segment. So, Chad, it was fantastic having you on. Thank you. It's uh, great to be on. We will, uh, we will definitely have you on again in the future, uh, get more updates as far as how the documentary is coming along. Or pro- progress as far as getting it, <laughs> getting it on the way to coming along. Yeah, seriously, if you're listening and you can help him, find him on Facebook. Come on, do it, do it, do it. That's uh, Chad Chad Bokelman, B O K E L M A N. Ask me a question or send me a friend request. I need help. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> nice, and we'll be right back.
weaken our will to resist with evil that deflates the soul. They come into our world with brains the size of a plum. But there's space zombies from the Black Lagoon. Space zombies from the Black
Hi, everybody, and we're back. And shall we jump right into Green Lantern Corps number 41, Dan? Yeah, let's... Yeah. Okay. So this issue starts out with uh, Lantern, Ceranic, Natu, and Ioland fighting off Black Lanterns in the infirmary. They're they're fighting a losing battle, and everybody on that level of the infirmary gets you know dies and gets turned into Black Lanterns. Meanwhile, you have Guy Gardner. He is fighting Kihan, and eventually he just kind of like atomizes him. And like as Kihan is rebuilding himself, you know, Guy just kind of like jets out of there to help the living. Then we flash back to Natu and Ioland. Uh, they're, like, transporting all the, the injured that are still alive to Mogo. And while they're transporting them, they notice Kyle fighting Jade off in space. So Natu, like, you know, she bails on Ioland and, you know, goes to help Kyle. Somehow Jade knows that Kyle saw her in Miri's stone on her forehead and, uh, she then tells Lantern Natu, who just kind of punches her in the face because of that. Then we clip to Aresia, who is fighting her dead Lantern relatives in the Hall of Lanterns. She essentially pulls an Agent Orange and generates Green Lantern versions of these Black Lanterns that are, you know, just constructs, and uses those to completely destroy the Black Lanterns. They they don't show them rebuilding, so we don't know if they're going to be rebuilt. The rings just appeared dead at that point. Well, they'll come back. Uh, then we uh, we go over to Kilowog, who's you know fighting off Black Lanterns, when all of a sudden there's a Black Lantern of former Green Lantern Ermi, who was the drill sergeant that they showed us in the Tales of the Cores number three, and. Uh, yeah, Ermi is just, like, killing tons and tons of rookies to kind of, like, taunt Kilowog. And they're, like, fighting back and forth. Ermi is just, like, you know, just teasing him and, you know, totally, you know, down on him. And it's like, oh, you're nothing. You let these people die. You let me die. You let Sinestro live. Just to, you know, really rile up Kilowog. And that's when Ermi grabs his chest. And then they clip, right, clip away from that quick. And then we have Izamot and Vath, and they're uh, trying to, you know, basically survive. When all of a sudden, the kids from Crib's planet show up. They're all Black Lanterns, and they're all really hungry. And that's when the cavalry arrives in the form of the Indigo Lantern with the weird jaw thing. The scroll, yeah. Alright, before we say anything else, I did not see this until just now looking through it. Okay. I can't, I can't, oh my god, this is so terrible. The page where Natu burst in and saved Kyle? Oh, tell me you didn't realize. No, I glazed over it. How he's, Kyle's getting, like, pulled into a black energy refrigerator... And what's pulling him into it is, like, a mangled arm and legs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like Alex is in the refrigerator, 
pulling him in with oh my god yeah i i did not see that no yeah no i, I definitely noticed that what the thing now like that i have absolutely no idea who is that dude i don't know he was there last time too is that his father no it's definitely not his father his father is still alive and co- looks completely different than that <laughs> so kyle just has some dude that for some reason, has some sort of significance to him. Seriously, if you loved Kyle Rayner's ongoing series, and you know who the hell this guy is, he's not Radu, he's not Kyle's dad, he has a mustache, he has hair, he appears to be wearing a blazer, <laughs> just just tell us who the hell, who is he? We don't know. I don't know. It bothers me that I don't know. And this is the second time he's shown up, so he wasn't even just, like, a stock face or anything. <laughs> they keep using him. Oh, my God. Okay, now, before we go any further again, the, the Indigo guy with the, the, the scroll face. Yeah. From now on, like, until we learn otherwise, I'm just going to start referring to him as Indigo 2. That's what I was thinking of him as, yeah. So. They'll probably go with that. I mean. Now, like, right on the first page. This lantern that's like, oh, the first and second page. Um, the lantern that's being rebuilt. Is that, uh... Gallius Zed? Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be. Okay. And that's an awesome... Because, like, he got blown apart last issue, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's reforming, but around Natu, so it's, it's like... She's gonna be dead just because he comes back. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a cool visual. I wasn't really sure who it was at first, because it's like just a giant skull floating there. I'm like... Who else would it be? I mean, we have a Green Lantern who died who was a giant head. Well, I I could have sworn that there was, like, a Sinestro Corps member who was just a giant floating skull. I don't think so. I think so. I mean, we have Zillia Zox in the Red Lanterns, but he's Gallius Zed's yeah, but, like, that's a body around the head, you know? Like, I think there is just a floating skull yellow, you know, Sinestro Corps member out there. Um, uh, okay. This, oh, my God, I, all right, let me, let me, let me count here. Hang on a second. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Okay. I have a feeling you know where I'm going, but I I feel like this is a very middle issue, and by that I mean it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It was like, it was gray. It was gray. Yeah, yeah. And the reason is, this is basically, basically everything we hated about Tales of the Core number three coming back and saying, hey guys, miss us? <laughs> yeah. So we get we get like a 10-page section of the middle of this issue where it's, you know, it's it's exactly what we what we said it would be in the issue where they're just introducing all these all these uh people in Aresia and Kilowatt's past for the sole purpose of it, turning around and introducing them as Black Lanterns later. Yeah. And here, I mean, the whole like uh, like this was like the focus of the issue too cuz I mean I was glad to see Aresia just kind of, like, get over it as quick as she did. But I don't believe that plotline's over, because I don't... I, like, just because the Black Rings are pausing there, I don't think her fake parents, quote-unquote, are going to not come back anymore. I think they're just going to keep rebuilding. But I was so... Uh, I, like, this. we'll get into this later in the Batman thing, too, but 
there are certain characters that I would expect to be able to um, not brush off, but just not succumb to what the Black Lanterns are trying to do in terms of manipulation. Yeah. Like, I would, ex- I would expect Kilowog to be able to see through this, you know? Like, okay, yeah, I, I'll, I'll suspend disbelief to say, to assume that he has this, like, deep-seated respect and relationship with his former trainer that we found out about five minutes ago. Yeah. And seeing him confronting him would elicit, like, a big reaction and maybe, oh, maybe this is the one guy who could make the mighty Kilowog seem like, feel like, like a rookie again, or maybe he wants to really make, prove himself to his former trainer. Like, Kilowog plays right into his hands so incredibly effectively. It's just so, like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, this, and I got, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> I got upset with this, because, like, and on the other hand, like, the issue, I can't call it a bad issue, because it got to the end, and I had to check, I'm like, wait, that was the last page? Because it felt like, like, it, ha- it had my attention, it had a good pace to it, but, like, at, it got to the last page, and I'm like, that can't be the end, no! But that may also be because, like, I thought we were going to get Indigo 2, or whatever we're calling them, like, more towards the middle of the issue or something. Cause, and I understand saving it for the end, but oh, it's, it's, it, it's like I waited, I trudged through, not even waited, I trudged through this Kilowog and Aresia crap just to get to the one of the things I wanted to see happen, only to have to wait a month to see it happen. <laughs> and I'll, I promise I'll let you talk, but like <laughs> <laughs> the thing that really, really, really made this, how do we say his name, Ermi, Emery? Ermi. Ermi thing, just such a colossal waste, was the fact that Kilowog is the last survivor of his entire race, okay? There is no limit to the amount of people that already existed you could have had come along and get this kind of reaction from him and have it make sense. Like, I mean, I, do you remember the Green Lantern Corps issue? It was the first one after, after the Sinestro Corps War ended. It was like their epilogue issue where it just showed you what all of the Green Lanterns were doing to kind of, in their downtime or whatever. Okay. And Kilowog went to Mogo and had, like, a meal with his family. And you gotta put air quotes around everything there because his family's dead and it was either a ring construct or it was Mogo doing it. It was basically just, like... It was the it was the equivalent of like sitting down and looking at a picture of your your dead loved ones, ju- and just remembering what it was like to be with them. Like, like why not bring back Kilowog's family? Why not any member of his race? Why not the the member of his race that was his predecessor as a Green Lantern? Because there was um, was it Bronwalla or something? Like, yeah, yeah. I I think we even saw him rise in like one of these issues, <laughs> or back in Black Knight One or whatever, and. Instead, it's just, like, I, I can't, uh You, you, you go, you go. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> well, you are right. Like, that, that story, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of that story either with Kilowog and his core leader. The, the story just seems so, like, 
you know, we, we've seen this. We've seen this so many times before, you know, uh, drill sergeant. Oh, you know what? I, I didn't believe in you before, but that's just because I wanted you to do well. And now you've totally made me proud as I die. The end. You know, it, it's just, it's so, it, it's trite. And I don't know. Tomasi, like, he's done, he's done some really awesome stories. So I was kind of shocked when, you know, that story came out. Um, and now that being said, like like you said, here's a character that they created basically five minutes ago. You know, like, I guess maybe we're spoiled with Green Lantern. Like, if Jeff Johns was doing this, maybe, you know, there'd be, there'd have been references to Ermie, you know, in Rebirth. Hmm. And, you know, like, a, a couple of times along the way, it's like, yeah, I wish Ermie was still alive to see this, or blah, 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 blah. Or just a saying that Kilowog said, you know, here and there. Well, I mean, he he did apparently get the whole Poozer thing from Ermi, but... Yeah, but I mean, that's something that they retconned in. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, a month ago, two months ago, however long yeah. it was that Green Lantern Corps came out. And it sucks, because, Le- like, Tomasi is a good writer. Yeah. He's, he's, done, he's produced, like, like, this past year has had some of, like, my, like, I won't say my favorite of all time, but some really, 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 like, if I was going to recommend Green Lantern stories to people, these would be in here, story arcs of, in Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, I, I mean, hell, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say, like, there was a stint where, like, you put John's book and Tomasi's book up against each other, and I thought... Tomasi's book was head and shoulders above John's for a little while there, too. So, like, this guy can turn out such good stuff. He doesn't need to resort to this stuff. This, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing, and, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like, they could have gone with Kilowog's family. They could have gone with his predecessor. Like, they could have gone with his entire planet. Like, I really, like, for the amount of willpower that Kilowog has, maybe it would have been you know, more fitting if he did have to go up against his whole planet just to, you know, show, like, well, you know, okay, this is what he can overcome. But, uh, like, the one thing that I really didn't like about this was, like, how, you know, Ermi is just, like, like, totally not so happy. Like, like, this one panel where Kilowog is, like, smashing his face in. Oh, yeah, yeah. has, like, like a Joker-sized smile on his face. You know, it's like, that's just... I don't know. It bothered me, too, that, like... And maybe this is just a stupid thing, but... Like, why does Ermi's Black Lantern outfit look absolutely nothing like what he wore in life? Whereas <laughs> everyone else has, like, their exact out- outfit Black Lanternified? Yeah, I don't know. I think that, uh... When he first shows up, though, that Black Lantern at the bottom, that's, um, uh, what's his name? Zarin Pell. He was that yellow dude that fought Doomsday and died. The guy that looks like he should be from Tomar Ray's race? Yeah, where he has, like, tentacle arms. Oh. Oh, wow. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was a, there was, like, a Doomsday annual one-shot or something. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember that. I just... Like, it's been so long that I definitely don't remember what the Green Lantern looked like. Well, that's a cool catch. 
Yeah, well, I I was uniquely suited to catch it because I just I just uh requested a commission of that character from someone. Wow. Who, you know, I'll I'll post it as soon as <laughs> it shows up. Cool. Um, what you call it? Like, what one visual that I did really like was the black ring, like rebuilding Kihan. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Uh, you know, it's like it's latching onto a tooth. You know, and like a like a tiny little uh, finger bone. That that was that was really neat. One thing that I thought was funny is like you have Lantern Vaz, like the bear lantern that just got done fighting Vice, and like he has no eyes anymore, <laughs> and he's just like, "Let us fight, Lantern Natu. We can help." And it, it really it just brought back like the image of uh, South Park, where. Chef gets involved with a succubus, and oh, Cartman like has gotten laser eye surgery, so he can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, what's going on? What's going on? It's like, is, is Kenny, Kenny okay? still alive? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so. I hope they eventually tell us where the hell Vice is. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, that that's a giant gaping plot hole that they just completely ignore. It's like, does he have his ring? Does he not have his ring? Is he on Oa, just chilling at Guy's bar or something? He's, like, in the back booth. <laughs> I like how powerful they made Guy come up here. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. He's been, like, obliterating Black Lanterns left and right. That's awesome. <laughs> um, the, the idea of Jade seeing, you know, or knowing, at least, that it was her image in Miri's crystal. Like, how, how does she know that? I don't know. I mean, I... Th- I don't know. I mean, it could come down to being just, like... Like, maybe they're not working off of the actual memories of these people, but more, like, what the big bad knows about these people or so- or something. I don't know. Yeah, it just... It seems so odd that she should know that. It could just end up being another Vice-like plot hole, but... Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're doing it just to move the the uh, Kyle yeah. Natu plot along and introduce some controversy there. But yeah, yeah. I think they're building up Mogo to be a really big target again. Because <laughs> now, in I think last issue is when Salak decided, all right, no more recruitment till this is over. All you know, unspoken for rings are going to Mogo to just kind of sit. All right. There's there's where all of your other rings are. Now there's where all of your wounded are. And Mogo doesn't really have that big of a history of fighting back. So <laughs> there's going to be a big bullseye painted on that planet. The last couple pages, it's like you have Vath and Izumat, where it really, it really doesn't look good for them right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Damn like, it, it's great to see them. <laughs> yeah, back to back, you know, as they're... You know, pretty much about to die. You all of a sudden they they show us. Oh, well, this is where all those kids are from Cribs World. You know, they all apparently died of starvation. The parents came for them and uh, made them black lanterns or something. Or maybe just the rings went to them. That's a possibility too. Because it occurred to me, like, all right, why would they go to Oa? And then it hit me like, oh, well, their parents were Green Lanterns, so maybe... But then I started thinking, well, wouldn't their parents already be dead because Crib? I don't right. know. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. I do like that one in the middle. Like, I remember that specific kid from, like, a panel a few issues ago. Well, that that was, uh, that one and the the one more in the forefront, I think they were in the, uh, Origins and Omens. Yeah, but this one specifically, I remember, like, there, you know, remember that page a few issues ago where it just cut to Chris Planet and the kids were wandering around and they were like, we're so hungry, why aren't you answering, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I remember a shot of that kid standing there, kind of like that, looking all sad and sickly and alone. I'm like, aw. Continuity. <laughs> One thing that I, I did like about this is that, like, there was something, there was, like, a definite question as to what happened to the kids. Like, as far as, okay, now, did they all die of starvation, or did their parents come and kill them all and turn them into Black Lanterns? Did the parents come and just, you know, grab them all? Um, you know, we didn't actually know. So I guess, like, the fact that they died of starvation is probably slightly better than their parents coming and killing them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the final page, Indigo 2. It's a nice design for a character. Yeah. I wish that this scene had come earlier in the issue. Yeah. But the cliffhanger and all, oh, well. Something that caught my attention, and this isn't really Green Lantern related, but it was in here. You got, like, halfway through an ad for the Great Ten, I guess, ongoing series that's going to start up. Okay. Why the hell are they doing this now? Because, I mean, like, like, alright, 52 was awesome. I loved it. And everybody I've given it to to read has loved it, too. And, and yeah, like, it makes sense that, you know, they would want to capitalize on the popularity of 52. That's why you give Booster Gold a, uh, an ongoing series. That's why you gave Black Adam a miniseries. That's why you would, okay, explore the Great Ten and the Metal Men who just got their book, like, a, well, not their book, but, you know, Doom Patrol backup, whatever. But they're, they've waited, like, over three years to do this. It, it makes no, I mean, okay. You can argue that they didn't know how popular Booster Gold was going to be by the end, so they needed some time to get a series off the ground. That's why it started up a year later. All right, I get that. But you can't just keep spinning out characters from 52 into like their own ongoing series like years and years later and then say from the pages of 52 or <laughs> it's just so yeah. dumb. Like the the time to do this would have been like the next year. At, or within the year or a year later after 52, however long it takes to do it. But, like, like you can't ride that wave anymore. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you can still find it in trade and, and everything, but, like, it's just, it's it's done. Like, that'll be like them... That'll be like them having a Blackest Night spinoff, spinoff series in, like, 2012. Like, you, no, you don't... Just just do something else. Just introduce, like... I, I don't know. Uh, uh. Yeah, spinning from the pages of Justice League America. No, no, the last series of Justice League America. From the pages of Action Comics number one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand the point of that series. I don't see it doing that well, actually. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not doubting the quality of the series, because, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about Tony Bedard as, an, uh, as a writer, and I think Scott McDaniel does good work. I can't picture his stuff off the top of my head, but I feel like I like his work, <laughs> if that makes any sense, but... 
I don't know. I just think they've approached this entirely wrong. Like, the timing is bad. The marketing is bad. I don't know. What you call it? Yeah, now jumping back to GLC number 41, which I kind of forgot to mention. Yeah, something that I kind of, you know, noticed after reading it a couple of times. Now, on OA, like, we have something kind of happening, and it's kind of happening, like, so that you don't really realize it, mm-hmm. so that it could surprise you, but I, I, I was noticing it, like, okay, right now, on the planet Oa, you have all the Green Lanterns, and you also have Vice somewhere locked up. We think. Yeah. Now, Indigo 2 just arrived, and, you know, he's helping out with all the, you know, Black Lantern children. Now, who was searching for those children... But Miri and Crib, Miri for the Violet Lanterns, the Star Sapphires, and Crib for the Yellow and the Sinestro Corps. So, like, as soon as they get to Oa, we're going to have a member of Red, we're going to have a member of Yellow, Green, Indigo, and Violet. The only ones we're missing are Blue and Orange. So, if there was some way to get Blue Lanterns and Orange Lanterns to Oa, then we would actually have, like, a second, like, color council kind of thing going on in conjunction with the one that Hal Jordan is, you know, doing in the main Green Lantern book. Yeah, getting closer to that white light on two fronts. Right. And and also, that's important because, if you remember, okay, so you have the planet Riot, which, uh, you know, that's where all the black, you know, energy is coming from. That's where the main black battery is. But Scar was located on Oa when she released that giant black lantern symbol that cracked the uh, the shell. And, like, there was a bunch of, like, that's where the black book is. So, like, those may be, like, the two main fronts for, you know, where the core, the, the light cores have to take care of business. It's like maybe if they can purify Oa, they can deal the black core, like, a really, like, intense blow. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, and that's another thing. We didn't get to see freaking Miri and Crib at all. Like, the plot line I was most looking forward to seeing more of in this thing. But, you know, at least we got some good Aresia and Kilowog family time out of it. I mean, that's that's good, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, let's uh, let's skim through Blackest Night Batman now. You're going to have to give a quick rundown of what this is, because I hate it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought this was going to go quick. <laughs> um, Blackest Night Batman, it's, uh, it's the Batman family minus real Batman. Just, uh, you know, take over Ouch. Batman, the, you know. <laughs> Temporary Batman. Um, yeah, it's like, to me, he's just temporary Batman. Like, uh, you got Dead Man. If you <laughs> want me I, to do it, I'll do it. I, you know, it's just like, I don't know. This is just, it's so hard to sum up, because there is a lot going on. Basically, you have the whole Bat family. They're having to confront their, you know, loved ones that have died. And their villains. They have to confront, yeah, villains that have died, too. Um, 
Commissioner Gordon and, and Barbara Gordon are having a deal with Black Lanterns as well. Dead Man is kind of helping them out. And, uh, you know, eventually Dead Man recruits the demon, Etrigan, to, uh, to help out as well. They all fight past their, you know, dead relatives. And uh, they don't actually defeat anybody, but they kind of, you know, trick the Black Lanterns into not realizing they're there anymore, and um, it kind of just ends as, you know, well, let's just take what we've learned, pass it on, so we can fight them tomorrow. The end. Yeah, it, it ends with the bad guys just kind of going away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you've you've told me in the past that you were enjoying this. Why? <laughs> okay, so... The first issue, I was kind of like, I was kind of ambivalent on, like, I don't really care so much about the Bat family, you know, per se. I like the Batman characters. Like, I don't care about Tim Drake's parents at all. You know, like him dealing with his parents' issues, I don't care about that. Like, you know, with, uh, was it Tim, Tim Drake, his par- his parents were the circus performers, no, that was the Graysons. Tim Drake's was, uh. Oh, that was the Graysons. Yeah, Tim Drake was, um. Uh, I forget what happened to his mom. But she, I think they were just like regular, ordinary people. Okay. Like his dad was, uh. Well, his dad, he, like, he, he, he comes from money. And his dad had, like, a mansion in, like, the vicinity of the Wayne mansion. And. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well. Um, what do you call it? Uh, okay, so then Dick... The Flying Graysons. Yeah. Dick Grayson, his parents were the, uh, circus performers. They were killed, and, you know, that led him on his path to becoming Nightwing and now Batman. Okay, so they died. He continued on. So, like, I don't, I don't care enough about him as a character to, you know, for this to affect me. And, you know, okay, so it was okay first issue. I like, I like the dead man parts the most. Yeah. Like that, that was just the, the part that, you know, I liked. Now the second issue, like this is where the series really, you know, turned for me in terms of like the struggle that Jim Gordon and Barbara Gordon were going through. Like that was to me, that was suspenseful. That was interesting. You know, like, okay, granted, they're not going to kill off those characters, but by the same token, like, it actually seemed like there was some danger there. Um, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, and realistically, they shouldn't be able to survive, but somehow they are by, you know, just knowing the area and, you know, and they're surviving. And and I like that a lot. It got me interested, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of hyped up for the third issue. And the third issue, I think, kind of, like, dropped the ball because it's just like, okay, you know, we know that they're not our actual loved ones, you know, so, you know, we'll be fine. And then they basically all make the same mistake. It's like, wait, maybe I can change things. Maybe things are different. You know, it's like, no, they're not different. It's, you're retarded. Issue two, there are two things in this that I like. First, I like that whole, I think it's a two-page scene where, I don't say Gordon and Barbara because it's the same last name, but the 
Commissioner Gordon and Barbara, they're, they're holed up in a room, and you just get that shot of the window, and the Black Lantern just, like, slowly hovers up and starts, like, whispering creepily to them. Like, that was a nice, that was a creepy scene. That was nice. I like that. And I like how, how Gordon's, like, or how Jim is, yeah, that's you, is just unloading bullets on this thing, trying to, like, defend his daughter. And they're, like, swapping out guns because he keeps using them up. And, like, like it's futile, but this, they're doing what they can. I thought that was good. And towards the beginning, I love that that uh, full-page shot of Batman, Robin, and Dead Man in the, that, uh, what was it, the... Uh, where did they break into? Some kind of armory? National Guard thing? Yeah, and that shot, like, that's a really nice just image. Like, like the art's really good, and you get to see Damien, Robin, who's, like, this kid was grew up, well, grew up, he's ten, but he grew up being raised by assassins, and he just walked into, like, his version of a candy store. It was, it's just, it's just a great yeah. shot. But, I'm... Alright, here, the big thing for me that I hated about issue two, and like, issue one, I kinda, I was kinda the same as you, I was kinda like, take it or leave it, Dead Man thing was interesting. Issue two kinda killed this for me, cause I mean, alright, the villain monologues in this thing are insanely terrible. I, I can't get around, it's like, <laughs> It's not even like, okay, okay, sometimes we have to deal with it because you have to assume that someone reading this hasn't read this other thing, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't even that. It was like every time a character was talking, they were talking in depth about what they were currently doing at that moment and why they were doing it and what it means and how it should be making you feel. It's like, it's like, is there a, is there a color reading for boring? Because that's how I would feel if they were attacking me and talking like this. I, and it seems like, like yeah. even it's maybe specifically King Snake because now I'm flipping through. He does most of the talking, but still, it's like, yeah. Uh, well, no, right, be, right before that panel, because I know what you're gonna read. It's like you have the the Trigger Twins. Yeehaw! It's time to let the Trigger Twins get your blood up. And then right right after that, not to worry, your pain and discomfort won't last long. The King Snake is here to devour you whole. Oh God. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. that, like everything, it was so unnecessary. Like, I flipped to the cover to make sure that, that Tomasi wrote this, because like, this is, I, I feel like overall I should have liked this miniseries more because Tomasi did it, you know? Yeah. You know what I think, oh, he, here's what I think was the problem. The, the villains that get brought back in this, this book basically are pointless. Yeah, they're really, I mean, granted, you can, I mean, basically Green Lantern itself is kind of proves that you can give a random nobody a power ring and they'll become like a formidable cosmic force, but it, but like you don't get that kind of ring usage to really back that up here. I mean, it's like, like when they start, when they had that splash page in issue one of the villains coming back, okay, I recognize the ventriloquist only because he has the Scarface construct. And I like how later on he just mauls people with like a horde of them. That was great. And I recognize right. King Snake just because I read the Robin ongoing series for a bunch of years a long time ago. I recognized the KG Beast just because he looks really unique. And I recognized 
uh, Blockbuster. But like, every, there are so many people here. Like, okay, the Trigger Twins. I can I can remember that because they're dressed like cowboys. There's two of them talking at the same time always, and they have guns. All right. I don't know who like any of these other people are, and like, I don't know that I would have enjoyed this more if I looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because like, like I recognize Blockbuster. I know what he looks like, but I don't care who he is. And I recognize the ventriloquist, and that one was cool, but, like, they didn't actually do anything really, you know, well, okay, when he created, like, the multiple constructs of it, that was cool, but there really wasn't a lot of other interesting stuff with him as a character. And basically everybody else, like, you know, I don't know who King Snake is, I don't know who any of these other people are, and I don't really care. And I mean, like, you know, okay, so if, if Tomasi had a bunch of issues to make me care about them, then I'm sure this would have been much better. But since he didn't, and, you know, what, he's, he, what he was given to work with, with these characters, like, okay, this is who you get to bring back. And he's probably looking at it like, oh, this, this is who I get to bring back? This is it? And, like, you know, you probably need that kind of dialogue just because, like me, like, nobody has any idea who these characters are. Or, like, why we should care or, you know, be scared of them or anything like that. It's just, like, random Black Lanterns. Yeah, but I still don't know who they are. Like, <laughs> I read this and, like, it really didn't matter who they were. It's... But, well, I, okay, not that it doesn't matter, but, like, if you did know who they were, like, and you had read stories about them, and, you know, you actually knew the significance of them from their stories, then you would care. But, like, if you just went on Wikipedia and it was like, okay, this is Blockbuster, this is his story, you're not going to care from that because you're just getting knowledge. You're not getting the experience of reading his stories. Like, if I was a big fan of the Ventriloquist and I saw in issue one, oh, they're bringing back the Ventriloquist, that's awesome, I get to the end of this miniseries, I don't know that I would be really pleased because, like, oh, they kind of wasted an opportunity to use, okay. Yeah, well, that that... That's definitely true, because I was a, a pretty, you know, big fan of the ventriloquist. Like, that, that, that's one of the characters I actually liked, and I was disappointed when they did kill him off. And, you know, here, like, in this, like, you know, he really, he, he's not used that much. But uh, if we can move on to issue yes. three now. Yes, uh, Yeah, like, th- this was, to me, this was boring. You know, like, okay, we, we knew it was kind of going to happen. Like, okay, you're going to face off against your, you know, your dead parents, basically. They erected some sort of circus tent. I, I imagine it's a construct uh, and a room which mimics where, um, I guess, Tim's uh, parents or Tim's father died. Um, and then, like, I don't even know why... Dead man thinks to go get Etrigan, but he gets him and he's like he comes in saving the day with, uh, you know, fire. Well, Dick and... told him to go get him. Like on the page before, he's like, he's like, Dead man, I know you can hear me. We need you to pay someone a visit. And then it goes right to him jumping into Jason Blood because like that one I kind of liked because I didn't see that coming. And I'm I'm glad that they called in reinforcements outside of the Bat family. Like, like realistically, I couldn't see them not doing that. 
And, you know, historically, like, Jason Blood is who Batman would always turn to when things got really, really, like, weird. <laughs> Plus, I think I said this on the forum, they've already seen that fire can at least damage these guys, and Etrigan can breathe magic fire, so that made sense to me. Well, like, isn't, like, the Batman family also kind of tied closely to Zaytana? Yeah, have we have we seen her? Was she like at the Spectre thing in issue one? Uh, I don't know if she was at that, but she's she's over in Justice League. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe he's close. Maybe Jason Blood lives closer to Gotham. I don't know. Yeah. Well, in any case, so yeah, so you have like you know. It, it, here's another thing that I thought was weird. Like the Black Lanterns are like going through these motions, and. Like, what was it, Tim's dad? It's just, like, he's going through the entire motions of what happened when he died. He's not, like, trying to, you know, talk to Tim. He's not trying to, you know, go after him or anything like that. Just reenacting a scene. It's just, like, it's so weird. Right, this is something I liked, but I I hated for the same exact reason. Like, like this... this <laughs> Alright, I, I, I appreciate what they did here, because, like, I wanted to go back and pull out the issue and check this against it, but I didn't because I forgot. And I, what I think they, I think they lifted his dialogue from his death in in uh, Identity Crisis. It's like okay. I'd be interested to after this go back and compare it side by side. But like they went to the trouble of like not just recreating the scene, but like having it actually play out like word for word, at least from his end. And I thought that was cool. Um, and, like, I like seeing the Black Lanterns do something smart, as opposed to just, like, pulling a king snake and explaining, like, like, this is, this is how you feel. This is what I do to you. This is what me doing this to you makes you feel. Ah. Yeah, yeah, but by the same token, this is like, you know, oh, okay, we'll set up this whole, you know, this whole, you know, prop stage. I'm going to reenact this entire, you know, state, you know, segment. And, you know, like, the guy that's supposed to be Batman is, like, you know, is falling for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. I don't know. It goes on way well, too long. Well, I mean, long. The, to, to their credit, like, this is what I was talking about with Kilowog, too. Where, I mean, Dick isn't falling for it. Like, he's face, he's got, like, his face right in his dad's face. And he's thinking to himself, like, wow, that shirt is my dad. Too bad I'm gonna have to destroy the hell out of him. It's like, he knows what he's gonna do. He still has a clear head, and it's like, it's not until they kinda just randomly pull out the guy who killed his parents, which you know, that one was more believable to me, that he would have that reaction to that guy. <laughs> and, but like, I, the, the, the Tim thing, I like how they went about it. I like how Honestly, going this route with it probably would elicit a stronger reaction from Tim than if it was just like, hey, here's your dad. Because this would be like, like, okay, here's the exact thing playing out all over again. Here's your nightmare. Only this time you're seeing it instead of having it over the phone. And and I care about Tim Drake. He's He is, quote unquote, my Robin, you know? It was Green Lantern and the Robin series. Those are the first two books I followed on a monthly basis. And... It, it really bugs the hell out of me, and it's not just here, that this is essentially what his character is now. Like, 
he, Tim Drake is the character that can't get over loss. And that, it sounds like mean to say that, but it's like, for so long, like if you ask me, alright, what's Tim do? Well, he's, he tries and fails to, to accept Bruce Wayne is dead. He tried and failed to accept that Connor Kent was dead and only got past that because Connor happened to come back to life. And he yeah. tries and fails to deal with the fact that his natural father died. Which, you know, yeah, those should be a big deal to him, yeah, but they shouldn't be the focal point of his entire character forever, you know? I mean, they're not... I mean, the death of the parents is the reason Batman even exists, but when I read a Batman story, I don't get the impression that that's all there is, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that pisses me off, because, like, it's... Tim is a good character when somebody... Like, I think I said this on the forum. Find Adventure Comics number three. It's Connor, Superboy, and he finds Tim Drake, and they just have a talking to, and it, like, it's, it's a really good use of Tim. You get a good insight into his head and why he does what he does now, and why he's wearing this costume specifically, but that's kind of a tangent. I did like, though, how, um, they just kind of trusted that Dead Man was still with them and just talked to him anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's here's something that's been debated a few places. What do you make of them not finding a heart in Etrigan? He's a demon. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that that one was just kind of, you know, okay, he's a demon, so he doesn't have a heart. I guess that works. Different rules, weird magic, you know. What did you think of their their way out as far as, you know, well, let's freeze ourselves? I, I mean, I guess the the point is, like, let's slow our hearts to basically stopping so there's nothing to feed on. But it... I don't know. It made the Black Lantern seem kind of dumb. Yeah. Wouldn't you yeah. just, like, break the ice or melt it or something? And... I don't know. It, it seemed like a, like, it's almost like, well, we can't see them anymore, so, well, well let's, let's leave. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I can't even imagine, like, would your heart really slow down that fast from an ice shell being around you? I don't know. And isn't Mr. Freeze's gun supposed to, like, like freeze you at a molecular level, like all the water in your cells freeze too? So, like, they should have been, like, like, murdering themselves for committing suicide or whatever by doing this. Oh. Yeah, yeah that didn't work out too well for him, I guess. What did you think, and this is, I guess, just a coloring note, well, mostly a coloring note that leads into something else. In issue three, we get, like, the kind of, the, the typical, you know, emotional spectrum vision showing up, where, like, you're rage, so you have this uh, Photoshop inverse filtered dealy showing you as all red. Right. But in issue, like, one and two, everyone is always colored normally. They just have a little, like, emotion box next to them telling you what emotion they're feeling. Like, look at the first page of issue two. Yeah, well, those are just people that they've killed. So they're not really showing them in, uh, Red Lantern, uh, not Red Lantern, Black Lantern vision. Well, but they're harvesting their hearts, too. 
I mean, in the Superman tie-in, you got, like, all those random people that got killed in the first issue, we always saw their... Yeah, we got their readout, but we also saw what they were feeling. It was weird to me. I don't know. It, it may have been a conscientious decision to minimize that in order to distinguish between that and the red outline that meant that Dead Man was in the character. Ah, uh, that's true. The other thing that... It's also an issue, too, that didn't really... It was kind of weird to me. There's at least two panels in here where it looks like they're physically eating hearts instead of, like, absorbing their energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at the bottom with whatever the hell that girl's name is with the hair in the supermarket. And later on when uh when the Trigger Twins show up and they... It's actually kind of cool. They, like, he jams the gun barrel into the guy's chest and rips out the heart like it's on a skewer. It looks like he's about to bite it. <laughs> well, I will say this. Like, even if I might not have enjoyed the series, like, overall because of the third issue, or the first issue, <laughs> like, <laughs> the tone of, you know, the, the series it was, you know, like, I like that aspect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, it was definitely, like, a horror theme. Tomasi, if nothing else, he is very good at building building the theme. Yeah, and it was definitely one of those where, as I'm reading it, I'm trying to figure out, all right, how the hell are the heroes going to get out of it? Because obviously they're going to make it out, but yeah. it's one of those where you don't know how. And that's that that in that respect, it was good, and it was good to see to see Batman trying to figure out what to do. Because like, like he re- he recognized, all right, we're not going to win this with freaking batarangs, so let's go break into this armory over here, and. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna need backup. Let's bring in Etrigan. It's it's it was cool in that respect. I liked it. I liked that. But at the same, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing that I didn't really like. On the cover of issue number two, mm-hmm. like all the Black Lanterns look like gremlins, basically. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Something I was really, really hoping that they would do, especially since Batman is Dick Grayson is, um, and and I can't believe they didn't do it because this is something Jeff Johns did. Remember in Infinite Crisis? They blew up Nightwing City. Oh. So when I saw this cover to number two, I was like, oh my god. Oh, Bloodhaven. And then yeah. they didn't do it. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. That would have been so cool. Especially, since, like I think Peter Tomasi wrote the Nightwing series for a long time, too. Uh, one One little additional piece of information. Etrigan kind of jumps past a headstone, a tombstone, and the name Jacques Martin is on the the grave. Mm -hmm. Apparently, this person has collaborated on the uh, adventures of Tintin. Hmm. Um, More specifically, Tintin in Tibet and the Red Sea Sharks. And he's also, I guess he's best known for his series, Alex. He's a French artist and writer. Does he have a connection to, uh, to Tomasi at all, or? I have no idea. I, I don't, I don't actually see what the connection can be. I'm just throwing it out there that this is somebody that's involved with comics, so. Unless maybe it's a different one, a different guy. <laughs> 
It's like he was the guy who created Etrigan. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Like stuff like that is really cool when they uh, throw that out there. Damien was weird to me in this thing. Like he was all. Have Have you been reading no. Batman and Robin? Like in there, no. he's kind of because. Like, if I was just getting it for me, I wouldn't, but Rob likes it, so I get it through DCS, right, right. so it's cheaper for him, but... Yeah. In there, Damien's, like... Like, like I know he's a trained assassin who can handle himself no matter the situation, so I don't have to worry about him. So I can, like, just kind of enjoy, like, <laughs> his psychoticness and his pathology. Pathology. Pathology, that's not a word. <laughs> pathology. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's an anagram for... Oh, never mind. And, um... It, it, he's just... It's, it's just a fun character to to watch and think about. But in here, it's like he was a different person. And, like, I, I mean, okay, you're gonna show him the bones of his father and all that. Okay. that's that That would mess you up a little bit. But he seemed like too willing to follow orders, you know? He didn't He didn't seem like enough of a jerk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he, he did what he was told way too much, and... I don't know. I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah. Oh, can I complain about one more thing before we finish? <laughs> wow. Wow. What? What is it? They sent the freeze gun by, like, duct-taping it to a hang glider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Apparently that's something that Dick Grayson created. Yeah, I mean, I've seen shots of him, like, like flying around on it, but, I mean, still, why would you just, like, tie it to a hang glider and shoot it off and assume it's going to land in this particular cemetery? Like, like how, let Damien bring it. Come on. I understand not wanting him to be around the freaking zombies, but still. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with this book. What is... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are we, are we rating it now? No, let's not do that. People know what That's we That's probably... Get. Yeah. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, let's, let's take a break and uh, come back and close the show. Okay. Hey, guys. This is Leroy. And this is Brad, and we are the Comic Tube Podcast. And what makes us awesome? We defeated Skynet. We did? Oh, yeah, that's right. No, 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 no. Another reason. You met Siler and he didn't eat your brains? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. No, no, no. Why else? Because we have higher ratings than Smallville. I thought we had higher ratings than Heroes. No, no, no. All right. No, unlike other podcasts, we focus on comic book movies, video games, and TV show discussions. And more when we're not being lazy. We're the all-new, all-different comic tube. All-new, all-different dude. We're the same. We're the same. It's okay. We're the same. Alright. So please go over to www.neverendingchampions.com slash comic tube and check us out. Okay, everybody. And we're back. And uh, what do you say we close out the show, Dan? Let's, Let's do some house cleaning before we do. That sounds like a plan. Uh, some people may have been keeping track on November 16th. It will be the Lantern Cast's one-year anniversary. Woohoo! So as per our program director, Jason, he gave us a suggestion. We're going to have a segment on that episode, Getting to Know the Lantern Cast. Now, in order for us to pull this off, we are going to need listener feedback. 
as far as we need questions or, you know, what, you know, what do you want to know about us? Like me as a person and Dan as a person. Yeah, because, you know, we talk about Green Lantern and crap constantly, but, you know, we don't really, we haven't really gotten into, like, our own personal stuff that much, uh, other than how much you pay for wedding invitations. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, ask us stuff, kind of get the conversation going, and we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens from there. Yes, you can post on the forum, you can send us emails, you can post on our Facebook, or, or we have a brand new voicemail line. The hell you say? Yes, that's right. We have a brand new voicemail line. People can call 206-600-7357 and leave a voicemail for the Lantern Cast, and that'll get sent to our email, and we can play it on the air. We should mention that while we have the voicemail line set up, we have not recorded our own message yet. So you're going to get some miscellaneous fella just saying what he says, but it's it's us. All right, we'll we'll um we'll put our own personalized message up there when we can think of something that isn't like generic and crappy. <laughs> it may be a while. Yeah. <laughs> so that number again is 206 7357. Can I call it? Anybody can call in. Except for you. But, oh, I have to contribute to the show somehow. Uh, well, that is true. So you can start us off with the closing. Oh, all right. Um, You can... Oh, wait, no, I, was, I forgot. I'm like, wait, didn't we forget a guy? Blue jumped up, and then I remembered what that was. All right. Yeah. You can uh, contact us at... Well, non-vocally, you can contact us at lanterncast at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on our forum at thecomicforums.com, or on Facebook, we're LanternCast. we got the website, lanterncast.com. We've got personal email addresses, dan at lanterncast.com, jim at lanterncast.com, jason at lanterncast.com. Did you mention the Facebook page? I think so. we got Facebook. Go there. Love it. Uh, there's a link. There's a link to the Facebook page from the website, and there's also a link to the message board from the website. Yeah, and you can listen to our episodes there. Oh, you can ep- you can listen to our episodes three places. You can go to our website, you can go to our Facebook page, or you can find us on iTunes. Right. All right. We keep racking up stuff. This is this, this these closings are getting longer. Yeah. Really. We, we should adopt a highway, so, like, we'll put a mailbox on our strip of the highway where, like, you can, like, write us and just leave letters at the Lantern Cast Highways <laughs> Highway marker. I don't, I don't know about that one, but uh, one more time, that voicemail number, in case you didn't copy it down before and you want to copy it down now, is 206-600-7357. Leave us voicemails. How much does it cost to adopt a highway? More than the Lantern cast can afford. So far. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, that's it, everybody. If you want, you can uh, listen after the credits. We have a, uh, a bonus segment sent in from Blue Jaunter, one of our listeners. I can't believe this is still going. <laughs> yes, the Ultraviolet Challenge. So check that out. 
Good night, everybody. Good night. guys, this is Phil, Blue Johnner on the forums. I'm on my way to the comic shop today, and I swung by Wawa, and I figured I'd get in on this Mountain Dew taste testing here. So what I'm holding is Diet Mountain Dew Ultraviolet. Never had it before. Here's my first try. Uh, yeah, I'm tasting Grape Jolly Rancher, definitely. It's kind of too sweet. It's just so sugary. I would definitely not drink this. And I'm a fan of these newfangled energy drinks like Mountain Dew. I'm going to track down some Code Red. I think Rage is more my side of the spectrum. Not for you guys, though. Love your podcast. Thanks, Jim and Dan, for all your effort. And I hope to see you guys on the forums. Peace. <laughs>